What should you as a hospitality leader know about hiring and retaining talent today? To help us unpack this, we're joined today by Matt Gorman, Chief Revenue Officer at Upshift. In this episode, we discuss the results of our recent survey on how people outside the industry view a career working in and with hotels and talk about how to attract and keep talented people in your business. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. Matt, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. I appreciate your support of this research project. You and I have spoken a number of times over the past few months around what you're seeing and hearing as it relates to hiring in hospitality. I'm really excited that we now have the results of this research project here. We're going to talk through it today. But for anyone who is unfamiliar with what Upshift does, just for a little bit of context and so people can understand the perspective that you have, can you tell us a little bit about the company and about your role there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, thank you for having me. It's been really exciting to work with you the last few months, especially with the research that you've been doing. Yeah, really happy to be a part of it. I'm with Upshift. We are a W-2 on-demand labor platform for the hospitality space of the hospitality industry. And we work between just about every major vertical within hospitality. We were essentially designed to support the contract labor, the flexible hiring needs of the hospitality space in about 2016. So the last, geez, last seven, eight years has been been quite a ride. And we get to see the ups and downs. We get to see the real life effects of the employment trends, especially as they relate to people in the contract labor space. And that contract labor space and hospitality makes up a significant portion of the hiring that goes on day to day, week to week. So definitely love to be an advocate for the space, love to be an advocate for the people who work within this space. I don't think that enough eyes get on it. I don't think that enough people hear about it. So I think projects like this are fantastic. Well, it, the talent that we have in this industry, the people are are really the, the core of this business, right? And just so people understand a little bit of where you work, either kind of th- across the country or a type of hotel, is there a certain kind of focus you have within the hospitality industry? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with Upshift, we're in 31 major metros. We work with hotels, hotel management groups, casinos, arenas, venues. We work with just about everyone that would operate in that hospitality space. A large portion of our um, focus is in uh, food and beverage, although we work with in just about every level of employment that's in that space. Excellent. Well, if we could, why don't we jump into kind of going through some of the things that we found in this study? And I guess as you've been kind of looking at some of the results, I'd be curious to hear, you know, what what stands out to you? Uh, I think one of the data points that jumps out to me the most was how many people, I guess, just don't consider hospitality right off the bat, you know? And for me, someone who's been involved in this space for a long time, it's just not the way that I'm conditioned to think, right? I, I'm very used to considering and talking to and working within the hospitality space. And, you know, we speak with people every day who have never worked within this industry, never worked within this space, and have never considered it. And I have a lot of stories about people who have entered into the space who've had amazing experiences. And I think you and I were talking about one of them was just this week. And it was someone in the in the HR space. They'd worked in the public sector for almost 20 years. So it was in the utility side, big businesses. And, you know, I was talking to her 
just, yeah, just yesterday. And she said, well, this is my first time working within a hotel. And I said, oh, wow, that's amazing. So what drew you here? And she said, well, someone had reached out to me about a position and, uh, you know, it's just never something that I considered. I considered it, you know, maybe a little less irregular as far as hours, a little hard to integrate into like a new schedule, that type of thing. And I said, well, how are you liking it? This has been, she's been there for about a month. And she said, I wish someone would have let me know about working in this space years ago because I wouldn't have wasted so much time on the other side. So it's definitely interesting. I do think, and we see it a lot, that this space just doesn't get the publicity that it should, right? It doesn't get Mm. the eyes on it. The amount of open positions in the hospitality space and the hotel space is unbelievable. Um, well, I was curious. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that kind of what you where, what you saw to be the barriers where people haven't been thinking about this. And so it sounds like just awareness or communication. There needs to be more talk of here are the opportunities here. But is, do you feel like for in the example of the person that you shared, was it kind of the sense of I didn't know I could apply my skills in that context? Yeah, I think that she was under the impression that you needed a specialized skill set to work within human resources at a hotel. And while I'm sure there are definitely some nuances to being in that space, her skills 100% transferred. And she was, from the way she described it, so much more happier with the people that were around her, with what she was able to do on a day-to-day basis, the people that she was working with, that she was able to be customer-facing, which was really interesting to hear. Someone coming from a, a large public sector position in human resources, they don't interact with the consumer at all. And for her, that was a big... I'm assuming like an emotionally charged, you know, approach to her day to day. Uh, you know, she gets to see what her, how her job actually affects the people that are buying the service. It's pretty cool. It's super cool. And I think it's interesting to hear an example in HR, somebody working in a people function, you know, maybe not thinking about this, but I imagine this is true across many different sectors, many different lines of work, people thinking that their skills may not be transferable, but there maybe also is a flexibility question. I think flexibility, you know, these mandated long irregular working hours have topped the list of concerns of people we surveyed. It seems that what you're doing is offering people options and flexibility to kind of address that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's the name of the game. Uh, I think that we figured out a long time ago, and I think a lot of people in the space had figured out a, a long time ago that you were losing a lot of the top quality people who were willing to work in the space because you weren't working within schedules that worked for them. And being very rigid with what the work schedules were, were turning away the quality people that would have stayed otherwise. And, you know, we can, you know, we can break it down to very base level and say, Hey, you know, I could work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but I can't work Friday, but I can come back for you Saturday. Five years ago, those people weren't working because those schedules couldn't be adjusted. And now with a more flexible model, with people being able to pick up shift-based work as opposed to returning schedule type work, you are attracting better talent, people who otherwise would not be able to work the jobs. It's been immensely successful for us. And, you know, we've been able to facilitate a lot of just a lot of long-term employment for people who wouldn't have otherwise been able to have it. And for us, the goal is for the people who are working in this space, the hospitality employees, hospitality candidates, that they can have predictable and reliable income streams because that's what they want. They want to be able to predict where their next paycheck is going to come from. They want to be able to rely that that work is there for them. And I think previously or years past, maybe pre-COVID, you know, that wasn't necessarily something that they could rely on. And now in the post-COVID years, it's becoming more normalized, the flexible schedules to retain the talent. 
And I think it's really smart. Yeah. And I think to that point, if people want a, a reliable paycheck on, on their terms, you know, one of the, the things that we found in, in the study was that, you know, wages or the pay was number one on the list, which is maybe unsurprising. But if you hear a lot of people talk about recruiting, it's often not talked about. And there's all these other things. And I guess for me looking at this, it was a bit of the sense we can't lose sight that money matters, right? You got to be real about that. Yeah. I think, uh, when everyone talks about flexibility and scheduling and benefits and the fringe benefits that come with working in this space, a lot they're jockeying for second place. And they've always been jockeying for second place, right? Compensation is always going to be the number one thing that, that drives people to a position. But the proximity f- for second place to first place is closing, right? That, that flexibility piece used to be five variants below first place. And now it's, it's right there. And Yes, can't lose focus on the compensation piece. You're not going to flexible schedule your way out of a good wage. But I've never seen, or at least it hasn't been my experience, that the wages are a big prohibitor to attracting the people. I think if you wanted to go over the top to draw attention, yes, the compensation is important. But I don't think that the compensation piece is what kept people necessarily from exploring hospitality as a career path. I don't. I'm kind of curious you know, to, to that point, like what, what are these other variables that matter that hotel leaders should be thinking about? I, actually, I think that's a really easy, that's a really easy answer for me. What most people in the space, most of the candidates, the applicants, the people who are working in these positions, what they are looking for is a positive environment. And I know that that sounds extremely cliche to say that everyone wants to work in a very positive environment, but, um, people who work shift-based jobs, people that work as contract laborers, people that work you know, one to two days a week, they very rarely get to feel like they're part of the culture of the business. And when you're running divergent cultures, it's very hard to keep talent. It's very hard to attract talent too. And I use this example a lot, and this is one I've heard for a long time was if you were hiring, if you were a major hotel chain, you were hiring a new person, you wouldn't make them sit in the lobby for 30 minutes on their first day. You wouldn't, but that happens every day for people who are entering this space. Wow. And it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. I mean, we, we truly hear stories about that every day huh. uh, and it's across the board. Well, it, it's interesting because I think maybe, um, you know, there, there could be the sense of, okay, this is maybe somebody joining me on a temporary basis, but sure. to me, it seems like you're missing the big picture, right? Mm-hmm. Where there may be a, a bigger opportunity. And is that kind of what you're saying as well Is like, don't forget, like, don't treat this as kind of a population that should get less of an experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, two reasons there. One, a lot of people who start on a contract basis end up being full-time people. It is where a large pool of internal employees come from. It's from the flexible, it's from the contract side, it's from the traditionally temporary side. The other piece is referral and, and name recognition. You know, When enough people have a bad experience, you have a bad reputation. And while that reputation may not be something that's on Yelp or it's in all of your Google reviews, People talk, people don't apply, people don't come in, they choose other options. And that's a real tangible thing that happens. And that point, I, I cannot underscore it enough because you know what we found of people working outside the hospitality industry, the number one thing that they found most effective for finding new gigs or job opportunities or career opportunities was that word of mouth, right? Mm-hmm. So this really, really matters. Like you may think it matters, but you may not understand how much it matters. Yeah. Referrals in this space are huge. And 
I truly don't think that large operators understand what their brand recognition looks like at an entry-level employment perspective. I think a lot of times the focus is on higher-level professional, white-collar type jobs right off the bat, creating a very positive brand experience, which is fantastic. But a good portion of the people that work within those businesses are in that middle management or below threshold. And their experience is what builds the brand reputation, in my opinion. And when you leave that entire sector kind of ostracized, the referrals matter. Well, I wonder if we could talk just a little bit more about this, where hotels or hotel companies might be going wrong. And maybe our listeners are at an executive level and might be a little bit removed from this, but you're talking to people on the front lines and you're hearing things that maybe others don't hear. And you mentioned earlier, there could be a little less engagement, a little less of a welcoming experience. What are Mm -hmm. other things that hotels might be going wrong or they might be doing wrong in, in this area? Well, yeah. Okay. I think the the first part, yeah, is the initial engagement. We did a survey here of a couple thousand upshifters. So people who are working in the space, predominantly in the hotel space and understanding what attracted them to the positions that they were accepting and then what kept them coming back. What was really important to them versus what they were receiving. And there were three areas that were overwhelmingly they were overwhelming for everybody. One was the engagement of first day. And it wasn't the engagement from the management team. It wasn't the people that they were reporting to. It was the people that they were surrounded with when they were working on their first day. So they want people who are coming into the space, they want to be working around other people who want to be there. Hmm. Uh, And that was, I think, number one overwhelming answer was that they wanted to be surrounded by people who wanted to be there. So that's one. The second piece was knowing what they were getting into. And we hear a lot that people entering the space don't really know what to expect. They don't know what to expect on their first day. They don't know what to expect in their first six months working there. What's the long-term career path that could exist for them? And I know a lot of times we focus on the long-term career path, but we don't talk a lot about what the first three months looks like what getting through the first week looks like. What are the expectations? If you're someone who's never been in this space before and never worked in a hotel, what does the first week really look like? How do you know that your first day went well? These are things that I think sometimes we take for granted with people coming into a space because they don't know. And then the yeah, the last piece again was tying back into understanding what to expect when they first get there. And I guess the last piece that I would bring up was having recognition that they did well. And I know that everyone wants to, that's something that you're going to hear all the time. They want recognition that they did well, but it's not, they want a gold star. They want a trophy, right? It's that they want to know that they met the expectations of what they were supposed to do and that you want them back because Mm -hmm. nowadays the people in this space, they have an opportunity to work anywhere. They can go on mobile platforms like ours. They can see shifts and positions everywhere at all different operators and they're picking where to go. They want to come back to the place that was comfortable, but they only want to come back if they feel that you want them back. Uh, yeah. And that is missed a lot. Interesting. Well, it's definitely a worker's market, right? And it seems like they have their choice of jobs and there's more opportunities than ever. And I think what's really interesting to me hearing about that short-term design of, of the experiences is really important. 
in the world of hospitality, of course, we think a lot about experience design, but it's typically viewed in the context of the guest experience design. So it seems like there's such an opportunity here for employee or associate experience design as well. And I feel like what you're talking about is especially important for those wanting to bring people from outside the industry, because if I've worked in retail or I've worked in construction, I may have no idea. Like maybe I like going to a hotel, but I have no idea what it's like to work there, right? So you want to, before I even walk through the door, I want to be brought up to speed a little bit on what I can expect and what it means to uh, to do a good job in that in that role. Yeah, we hear it day after day. You know, how was your first shift? And we hear, well, I think it went great, but I'm not sure. We probably hear that more than we hear anything else. Well, how come you're not sure? Well, I came in, I did what I was told, what I was shown to do in the morning. I finished my shift and I left. I don't know if they want me to come back tomorrow. I guess I'll, I'll check in with them. That's a poor experience. We'll be back after a quick break. Are you enjoying this conversation? If so, I invite you to text this episode to a friend or colleague as well. Not only will you let them know that you're thinking about them, but you'll help them as well. One more thing, I'm having a lot of fun right now sharing videos and photos from the stories on the show, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, open up Instagram and YouTube now and follow Hospitality Daily so we can stay in touch. All right, let's get back to the conversation. What does that do to the what does that do to the worker that doesn't know if they did a good job? They don't go back to that employer. And overwhelmingly so they go to different employers. Uh, because wow. nowadays what the people in the space are doing is they're trying everywhere before they buy and they're not going to settle anymore because they don't have to, you know, it's something I probably say a lot and it's probably getting very repetitive for a lot of people who, who talk to me often is that, you know, we hear all the time that people don't want to work in this space. There's not enough people to work anymore. No one wants to work anymore. No one wants to come into the hotel uh, space and work. It's not, to me, it's not true. It's that they just don't want to come the way that you want them to come they want to come on their own terms. They want to feel appreciated. The, the idea that, you know, their first day of employment is their chance to show you they're worth it. It's the inverse. Now their first day of employment is your opportunity to show them that it's worth coming back. And it could not be more true now than ever before. And listen, the candidates, they vote with their feet. They just don't come back if it's not a good experience and we hear it all the time, how do we get them to come back, engage with them, treat them well, treat them like you would treat anybody else, show them that what they're there for is important, that they're important. And more importantly, that if they did well, that you want them to come back and they will, but they're not going to settle. Let's maybe talk about some of the underlying reasons for this, because I think sometimes people say that in hospitality, sometimes it feels a little bit like platitudes of, of treating people well, because yeah, maybe some folks don't really understand what it's like to be that person who's mm -hmm. looking at opportunities. And from your perspective, what are the other options that these people have? You know, I think I've heard some people talk about Amazon delivery and, you know, instead of being yelled at by a guest, I might be listening to a podcast and outside on my own schedule. So we've heard about Amazon maybe being an alternate path that hotel companies are up against need to think about what are some of the options other options that you see your candidates considering relative to hospitality that's a great question so i mean i guess i'll talk about it twofold so hospitality alone there are multiple options 
right? It's not just hotel work. You can work for a catering company. You can work in corporate dining. You can work concessions. You can work retail. You can work in large venues, stadiums. Hospitality space alone has a plethora of options. Retail, supply chain type work. These are all, so you mentioned Amazon, but it's not just limited to Amazon. Any of the large supply chain, any of the large distribution fulfillment type businesses, they offer similar wage type work that you don't necessarily need an overwhelming amount of previous experience to thrive in. And they are pulling a lot of people from the space. A lot. Now, one thing that those companies do well as someone who works with those businesses also is that they have spent years on their first day employee and candidate engagement. Uh, so they keep them coming back. So I think a lot of times people may look at the space hospitality versus industrial type work, which I guess is what that would all fall under, um, as being two very, very different worlds to work in. But it's not. The work is similar. It's fast paced. It's important. They're both paid well. They're going to go where they feel the most appreciated. Again, where yeah. they feel they have a next day, that they feel like the next day is going to be as good or better than it was today. And you're talking about options just in general. You know, on our platform, you can go on every day and see hundreds, if not thousands, of shifts available in your city every day. The options literally are almost unlimited for you. You don't have to settle and, and people don't. And it's it's interesting to watch this shift from someone who's been doing this for 15 years, where it was always very much about the availability of getting the job, that getting the job was the hardest part. And then you had to, you had to hold on to it. The, it's, it's so much the opposite right now that I, it's hard to explain, which is you have to hold on to me. I am the precious commodity here, not the job. And, you know, some people are embracing that really well. And we watch them just crush it every day. We watch them with 95% return rates on their employees week over week. And, you know, are they doing anything magical? No, not really. They're treating people well. They're running really strong concurrent cultures and people feel valued. I mean, we work with one major hotel management group. And they put a very large focus last year on first day experience. And one of the things that they did was they implemented, it's like a scorecard. And the supervisors, the leaders, the directors of each department within the hotel use the scorecard with the employee on their first day. And the employee is rating their experience with the director, with the job, what the expectations were. Did the job description meet what I was doing today? It's like a five-question scorecard. It seems very elementary. It doesn't seem like something that would be overly difficult to do. But when you ask the employees that were coming in for their first day, it's very rare that they sit down with the director of their department or their manager, their supervisor, and they say, please rate us on these five criteria for your first day. The amount of people that were coming back, requesting to come back, or were choosing to prioritize their shifts as the next ones was the highest in the market. Wow. Yeah. Basic. They care. They care. It's basic, but but it shows care. And I appreciate you sharing that example, but also talking about candidates seeing hundreds or thousands of opportunities, because I think Mm -hmm. the traditional mentality, and I even felt this a bit as a hiring manager, to be honest, is that I have this job. It's this amazing opportunity. You're going to be lucky if you get it which is somewhat true, but it's also, I think, probably even more true, even especially now that the person working 
has a lot of power. And so I see people that are building amazing teams go into kind of sales mode, right? When they're recruiting. (laughs) And if there's a good candidate, they're selling the benefits, they're communicating all the advantages. They're being very thoughtful about your Mm -hmm. first moments kind of working on the team. And and then it's also about retention, I think, which is what you're getting at, right? It's not just about that first shift or that first day, but you have to actually deliver on that promise. So sell, but have the goods to deliver on it. Yeah. You know, I always say that you can't have a great first week if you only have a first day, right? If you don't come back for a second day, there's no good week. There is no good month. And we pull and survey our upshifters, people on our platform. Uh, Some will say, Hey, I've been working at the same place for two or three weeks. I didn't have a great first experience with them. So when something else comes up, I'm probably going to move. That's a real problem. I mean, I know it. we talk about first day experience a lot, but the first day resonates for a long period of time. And while some people may stick it out so they can find something else, they're ultimately not engaged, right? They're not going to be reliable, predictable employees. And it's something that's, in my opinion, pretty easily rectifiable. But you're right. Hiring managers have gone into kind of sales mode. And I always kind of liken it to almost like online like online dating, right? If someone doesn't like what you have, they swipe one way, they don't give you a reason why, they don't come back, and that's it. Yeah. You know, I think that's the piece that hiring managers, when I speak to them, I think that's the biggest eye-opening piece of it. You know, I sat in a room full of HR professionals in this space probably about six months ago, and they all asked why we can't retain people. That was like the number one question. Why can't we retain people? Why can't we retain people? And, you know, my answer was, well, they don't need you. You need them, but you both need each other and you have to meet in the middle. And the people who are meeting in the middle are thriving. And the people who are trying to put the new hiring into the old box are failing over and over and over again. And it's it's interesting to watch all the faces go, oh, they don't need us? It's like, well, they do need you, but not to the extent that you think. They have plenty of options. You know, Your competitors are hiring too. Uh, and most of the time in this space, when you're pulling people in, you're pulling them from another space. You know, like you may not necessarily be pulling them from a, a competing hotel or a competing, uh, you know, franchise that you're working against in the area, but you're competing them against the Amazons, against the the other similar skilled level work. Uh, so, making them a priority. Yeah, well, that's what we're talking, Matt. Is to just look at what is happening now, right? And how do we need mm-hmm. to adjust? And mm-hmm. how do we be competitive, right? Because I think as, in the hospitality business, we get so obsessed with our competition, right? It's all about comp sets, all how am I you know, doing versus them? But that's not the comparison that a lot of employees today are thinking of. It's, it's all my options, right? And so you got to look at the whole picture and, and everything out there. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on this show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. 
Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes from some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 